I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up? <laughs> Man, it's, uh, there's not a lot going on in the NBA. It's a Disagree. Very much a dead spot. Uh, we did learn that our new franchise point guard, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, will not participate with Team Canada because he's trying to prepare for the upcoming NBA season. We found out he was Canadian. <laughs> we found out this week he became Canadian. Now, what did, what did you... What did you think about that, if anything? Oh, it's just it's the hot new thing to do this summer. So I'm <laughs> right. I'm glad we have a guy on our team who's uh, who's not doing it as well because it's just more opportunities to get hurt. That's I is that the reason why guys are not doing it? I don't know because I mean I just remember when like Russ and Kevin and those guys were younger and they did participate and it was awesome and you were just like this is great these are great learning experiences for them. Uh, and now it's like nobody wants to do it. <laughs> yeah. And even on the Canadian national team, like there, if you look at the list of guys that declined to play, it's like that's a really good, that's a good team that declined to play. Uh, Was it like Wiggins and R.J. Barrett? Did they both decline? Yeah, and Tristan Thompson, and I mean, it was it was a pretty big group of good NBA players that declined. Uh, but I guess it's good he's getting ready for the season. I don't know if are we are we wanting to limit the mileage on these players even when it comes to like the Olympics? Like I don't know. Yes, we want to freeze them during the summer. Defrost <laughs> <laughs> them when they get ready. Yeah, you have to wonder what the real conversation is, like behind the scenes. Like is it is it actually somebody saying like we you need to preserve your body for the season? Like right. that, that could be a thing. Like that could be a real thing, especially with like the way that sports science has progressed, even from the days where Kevin and Russell were playing, you know, at pretty much everything they could. Uh, it's a, that's a lot of basketball, and so I, I'm fine with it. He's getting ready for the NBA season. That sounds cool. It sounds great for the Thunder. So we'll just go with it. Do we have anybody participating? I guess not. No, I mean Stephen is with the New Zealand national team. And oh, okay. Is, and is, I don't know. I don't know what his status is as far as playing or if they're playing. I don't know. I know very little about this tournament or any international basketball whatsoever. So, um, but I think Stephen's the only other guy that would. Okay. Um. So you want to hear about this Tony Allen? What if? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen I, this yet. I can't believe you didn't see this. So he was on the Chris Vernon show yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and he said that when he left Boston back in the summer of 2010, he was brought in by Presti for an interview. Yeah. And Tony Allen said that he was super excited to go back to Oklahoma. And then, in his own words, he found out that they had traded for Cephalosha. Okay. And he said that because of this – he always tried extra hard when he played OKC and that he recently saw Russ 
and was like, hey, I only went really hard at you because Presti didn't bring me in. And then apparently Russ was like, yeah, I always told him that he should he should sign you, but he never did it. Now, Andrew, we talk about the what if of that, like comparing Tony Allen to Cephalosha. But there is one problem with this, which is that Presti traded for Cephalosha at the 2009 trade deadline. Yeah, I was going to say that those timelines don't match up. They don't. And he signed him to an extension in October of 2009. Yeah. When he when Tony Allen was still with Boston. So I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, I know that. They were interested in him when they brought in Corey Brewer, like that they had preliminary discussions then. Yeah. But back in 2010, I mean, maybe he did. Maybe Presty really did bring him in for an interview. I actually remember thought, this, and I remember that actually happening. But I That he, that he was brought in? Mm-hmm. But I yeah, don't. Yeah, definitely, it wasn't because of Cephalosha. I mean, maybe he didn't do it because he already had Cephalosha on the roster, but it wasn't like he was making a decision between the two. No. I think that if he could have, he would have signed both of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They both fit the mold. <laughs> Athletic, gritty, guys that can't shoot. It's perfect. And and, I, and to be fair, Cephalosha shot the ball well for a did. few years with OKC. But yeah, I remember that. I remember those early those early Thunder years and thinking about like Tony Allen could have been on the team. And I I mean maybe that's true. What what he said to Chris Vernon? Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, but he got a good offer from Memphis and went to Memphis. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah. I mean, comparing the two, because actually that next year, Cephalosha made second team all defense. Um, so obviously they were both really great at defense. I mean, yeah. Tony Allen's probably better, mm-hmm. um, and he was more consistent for longer. Obviously, Cephalosha was a better shooter. I do think the the interesting thing about Allen would have been just that he would have been kind of be, become the heart and soul of the Thunder, mm-hmm. both because he originally was from OSU. Like everyone would have liked Tony Allen oh, yeah. on the Thunder. And I think Pert kind of filled that role, except he did it more like in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like he declined pretty quick. And so he wasn't that he wasn't like a Marcus Smart type on the court. Right. Um, whereas Tony Allen could have been that. And Cephalosha certainly wasn't that. Um, Cephalosha was a really good player, but he wasn't, you know, his personality wasn't <laughs> much to talk about. You know, no. we, we liked Cephalosha, but we didn't go crazy for him like people do for Marcus Smart now, or Tony Allen did back then. Right. So it, it would have been, it's an interesting what if. Yeah, it, it is. He definitely would add some character to the team. Oh, it would have been awesome. Like, how much more would we have loved those teams if it was Tony Allen instead of Tabo? Like, I think we would have really loved those teams because he does bring yeah, a ton of personality. We never really did have that, like, Patrick Beverly type, you know, just that, like, really hard-nosed player that's just right obnoxious and, the, you know, fans of other teams get really bothered. by. I mean, I remember, like, being so exhausted watching Tony Allen in those <laughs> OKC Memphis playoff series when he was guarding Durant. It's like, gosh, can we just get rid of this one guy? <laughs> I mean, somehow making our team so ugly, right? And I, and how does Memphis's history change without him? Because it, it's different. Because he played a huge role for them. He played a ton yeah. for that team. Uh, like, who are like the most lovable role playing role players for the Thunder in Thunder history? Because like you think about like Tony, like Tony would be at the top, right? 
if he yeah, was he if he was on the Thunder. Like, who are the most lovable guys? I think you. I guess you look at Serge as one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, at his peak, he almost feels like he was too good. Right. Uh, I mean, Stephen Adams now. Yeah. Is probably that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there are any other like guards going back. I mean, we didn't feel that way about Derek Fisher, did we? <laughs> no, 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 no. And then like you have Reggie, and like at the time you really liked him, but now yeah. he's the worst. Definitely not Jeremy Lamb. Not Jeremy Lamb. Not Kevin Martin. <laughs> nope. Wow. Yeah. I guess we could have used one of those guys. It is kind of weird that they've gone through all these role players, and you like look back like, oh yeah, Kevin Martin was pretty good, but no one would be like, oh, I loved Kevin Martin. He was so awesome. It was like, yeah, you got that weird little the little elephant trunk shot, and that that was cool. Those are good. Those I mean, are good you know, team. I mean, Samaj did fit the mold. <laughs> <laughs> he lacked the personality. I mean, that's where I like Deontay Burton because of his personality. Like if yeah. he was if he was a lot better than he is, he would be one of those guys. Because he when he be. gets in an interview, he doesn't know how to do anything but be honest. And it'd be it'd be awesome. He'd be one of those guys like if in the next 2 years he could show out and be a role player, he could be one of those guys. Yeah. Uh Oh, well. Maybe we'll get one. I mean, is anyone on the current roster? Any of our young guys? They don't really seem that way. No, they, they've often, and you haven't really thought about this, because like, you think about like a Presti type, and it's that they're athletic, and they're, they can't shoot it, and that's like the Presti type. But also, obviously, another type of Prestis is that they're just kind of mild-mannered guys, right? Uh, you know who was one? I, I think he counts uh, Dion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Durr, what are we what are we doing here? Like how have we gone this far? How can we be like nine minutes into our conversation and not mention Dion Waiters? Yeah. I mean Dion and, and Ennis, well, right? Like those two. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, both of those guys. That those are probably one and two in some order. Yeah. Oh man, that would have been embarrassing if we hadn't thought of them. It would have been really bad. Especially that I'm sitting here, I'm drinking out of a Dion Waiters coffee mug right now. <laughs> And I didn't even mention yeah, him. Yeah, you. I know. Uh, you know what else would be embarrassing, Alex? What's that? If you didn't have a great wedding photographer, it would be pretty embarrassing. And that's why you need to visit PeytonMarie.com or her Instagram, which is a great Instagram follow. I'm following it, at PeytonMariePhoto. She's an Oklahoma-based wedding photographer. Her main goal is to capture authentic emotion and unforgettable moments through her bold and creative images. Her photography style is non-traditional, genuine, and a bit out of the box. She believes your photos should be true, a true reflection of who you are and that your wedding photos shouldn't look like anyone else's. She's based in OKC, but she'll travel anywhere. So, Alex, if you've got some friends in Portland that are getting married, you should recommend Peyton Marie. She will come and take great photos. And right now, she's offering a 10% off discount exclusively for Down to Dunk listeners. Just tell them... Uh, about the podcast and that you heard this advertisement and she will give you 10% off any session or wedding package booked in 2019 and Alex like we've both been married 10% off of like a wedding package that's a lot that is that is a ton of money that's going to be in the hundreds of dollars I feel like it will be so go to PeytonMarie.com or follow her on Instagram at PeytonMariePhoto 
support the people that support down to dunk. All right, you ready to jump back into these over-unders that we're taking forever to go through? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, okay, so just as a reminder, we're using the Westgate over-unders. I think, I don't know who Westgate is. Is that a casino? Don't know. I, I guess, I don't know. I don't, bet, uh, last, I don't, I don't bet on things, so yeah. I don't know. Um, last week, we went through the top four teams in the Eastern Conference last season. So this, this week, we're starting at number five with the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. They were 48 and 34 last year, fifth in the Eastern Conference. Their over-under this year is 46 and a half. Their key additions, Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, TJ McConnell, Justin Holiday, TJ Warren, and Goga Batadze. <laughs> and their key losses, Darren Collison, Tyreek Evans, Corey Joseph, Thaddeus Young, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Wes Matthews. So they definitely lost some guys. They lost some really good guys. They did. I mean, Boyan got a pretty nice deal from the Jazz. Yeah. Thaddeus Young was very helpful for many years. Oh, he's very good. Very good. I mean, Darren Collison, Corey Joseph, Tyreek Evans, those are all NBA rotation players. Yeah, Darren Collison's good and retired. And he retired. That's so wild. Now, they did bring in Malcolm Brogdon, who everyone, I mean, he, I, I was having trouble thinking of an NBA smart guy take, but it's it might be that you can't overrate Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> it's true. I don't know if you it's can true. do it. It's true. I, and I think he's going to be great for them. And Jeremy Lamb, I mean, hey, second best player on the Hornets last year, so he can take a little step back now. Dude, I don't know how good Jeremy Lamb is. It's that's one of the more confusing things for me. It's they like, got TJ Warren for super cheap. Yeah. And He's then, another one of those guys that you have to ask yourself the question, is he good? It's true. He's been playing on a bad Suns team for years. And then Goga, who everyone thinks is like NBA ready can step in, which they'll probably need him. Yeah. He's going to be playing behind Miles Turner. The big question with the Pacers is that they're going to go with this new front court, Sabonis and Turner, who did not play a ton of minutes together last year. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what everyone's thinking about. So it's the over-under is 46.5. We have to remind everyone that we don't know when Oladipo is going to be back. I've January. Seen, yeah. It's probably a safe s- bet. So January, 46 and a half. Whew. For some, I'm looking back over my notes. Of course, I did these notes two weeks ago, and I put over. As we're talking through it, I'm, <laughs> I'm not feeling as good about it. But I do think they still have a ton of talent on their team. Mm-hmm. And they definitely got younger this summer, which long term I think is really good. They're in a weak east. 46 and a half is kind of low for those top tier teams. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I am going to go over. Yeah. I'm going to go over too, but I think that it's they're like 47 wins. Like I don't think that they're going to win a ton of games. Uh right. just because I think the turnover that they've had is is tough. They still have to work out the Demonis Sabonis, Miles Turner stuff. Uh, losing the veterans that they did lose, it makes me wonder, because they were good last year without Vic, and it just makes me wonder if they can do that again. Like, Can you do what they did when you have TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brogdon instead of the veterans that they had? Yeah. 
Like Brogdon's the only guy that I'm like, yeah, like sign me up. That guy can play. He's really good. Right. TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday and Doug McDermott, like those are guys that are gonna have to play. And TJ McConnell. And I don't know if I trust any of those guys. I don't know if those are guys that are gonna help me win a lot of regular season games because all that we've seen from TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday is that they lose regular season games. <laughs> like that's that's what we've seen. And that maybe it might not be fair and I may be wrong. Know, proven wrong because they may win a ton of games with this team. But to me, those aren't guys that you just rely on, and they're going to have to without Vic. Right. Yeah, so uh, to kind of going along with that point, so they were 500 last year without Oladipo. Oladipo. Because he missed some games earlier in the season as well before he missed his really long stretch. Yeah. So they were 23-23. and 23. They're now the fifth youngest roster in the league which is, I mean, I think that's good for them. Yeah. And then Sabonis and Turner last year only played 429 minutes together, mm-hmm. but they were a plus 2.8 net rating. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was some awful pairing. Sure. At least by the advanced stats. So I'm really interested. Now, my crystal ball question for you, Andrew, is will Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis both be on the Pacers by the end of the season? I kind of feel like No. So Sabonis is a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Yeah. Which which of the two do you think they'd be more likely to go forward with? I think they'll go forward with Miles Turner. They've got him on a good deal. 17.5 for him is great. I'd just keep him around. And then I feel like you could get a good return for Sabonis. Are they the same age? Those two guys? Mm-hmm. Are they? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Uh, but I feel like you could get a good return for Sabonis. And yeah, that's that's what I would do. And that would lead that leads into my trivia question. This is an Andrew specific trivia question. I mean, people out there are, hmm. are free to play along, but I wrote this trivia question for you because if they did trade Sabonis, one of the people that you could move up would be TJ Leaf, who you love. Oh boy! It, and you were really excited about that <laughs> pick. Now TJ Leaf was drafted by the Pacers. With the 18th pick in the 2017 draft. Now, mm-hmm. you hated this pick, Andrew. You oh. frequently named off the players who were taken immediately after him. So, Andrew, on the spot, off the top of your head, how many of the next five players taken after TJ Leaf in the 2017 draft can you name? Oh, um, let's see. It So, 18. So, I know the Thunder had Terrence Ferguson. Was correct. OG Ananobi was right after him. Correct. Um, and then it was three big guys. Yeah, it was uh, the big guy from the Kings. Yes. Um, the big guy from the Nets. I don't know. I can't think of names yes. right now. My Nets. The names are killing me right now. <laughs> uh, you you just you just named Harry Giles. Harry and Giles. Jared Allen and Jared Allen. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank there's you. only one more. He's a big man. Plays with Trey Young. Oh, John Collins. John Collins, yeah. Those five guys, in order, mm-hmm. went at, right after T.J. Leaf. Isn't that so bad? It didn't make sense at the draft, let alone today. I mean, it looks so bad. Most of those picks before those guys were, were just not good. They were really, it was really a bad, bad, like, middle of the draft. Yeah, that was when uh, the Kings took Justin Jackson. Isn't that his name? Yes. Yeah, that was a bad pick. Ugh. All right. 
So we both take the over on the Pacers. Yep. Moving on to the Brooklyn Nets, who were 42 and 40 last year, sixth in the Eastern Conference. They're over under this year, 44 and a half. Now, they did a lot of changes this summer. Their key mm-hmm. additions, of course, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan. They also brought in Garrett Temple, uh, Mikey's favorite, Wilson Chandler, Taurine Prince, David Nawaba, and Nick Claxton. They lost D'Angelo Russell, Damari Carroll, Jared Dudley, Ronda House Jefferson, Ed Davis, Shabazz Napier, Trevion Graham. They lost – I feel like they lost a full roster. <laughs> they did. Of guys. They did. They lost and gained a full roster this past summer. And I don't know how I feel about them going into this season. So, yeah. you know, Kyrie I think is better than D'Angelo, but I, I don't think it's going to be like a, a major step up. Mm-hmm. And they are going to be missing Kevin Durant. By bringing in DeAndre Jordan, they're going to be playing Jarrett Allen less. Whether they start him or not, he's going to probably be playing less minutes, mm-hmm. who I think is better than DeAndre Jordan. And then they're kind of ancillary pieces like Garrett Temple and Wilson Chandler. I kind of like Torian Prince. David Nawaba, I don't really like all those guys compared to like Ed Davis and even Shabazz Napier, Jared Dudley, mm-hmm. Tamari Carroll. So I don't know. I feel like if you are taking the over, you really love their guards, which, you know, it's Kyrie, it's Karis LeVert, um, it's Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. Those those are the guys that are going to have to carry this team. 44 and a half isn't that high, but I think I'm going to go under. You're going to go under. You go I'm, under. I'm, I'm predicting drama for the Brooklyn Nets this year. Yeah, there would have to be drama because the guys you named are are pretty good. And to me, you compare those guys to the Pacers guys that we just talked about, it's like, like what's... Like, what's the talent difference? Even without Dur- even without who, who Durant, who do you like? Who do you like so much? Like Karis Levert. Like I think Karis Levert is good. I think Spencer okay. Dinwiddie is really good. Can we talk about Karis Levert real quick? He he goes into my crystal ball. Yeah. Okay. The question is the crystal ball question for you is how much money per year will Karis Levert make on his next contract? Okay, and these are the these are the factors. Um, so he's going to be a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. The 2020 free agency class is bad. Oh, it's terrible. He's 25, so you'll, you'd be locking him up for his prime. Mm-hmm. However, Karis Levert's one of these guys. He's definitely an NBA smart guy mm-hmm. because I haven't watched him play a lot. He got hurt kind of early in the season. He, by the way, he's missed 42, 9, and 25 games in his first three seasons. Mm-hmm. He only shot 31.2% from three last year. He averaged 13, 4, and 4. 14.9 PER, 51% true shooting. I started looking over these stats and was like, what am I missing? Because I feel like people have <laughs> talked about – in fact, my NBA smart guy take is that Karis LeVert is going to be a max player by next summer. I've, I've heard, heard people that. people say that. I've heard yeah. that, yeah, many times. <laughs> and looking over his stats, I was like, what? And But maybe it's something where, I don't know, is, you just got, got to see it. You got to see him only hit thirty one percent of his threes, and then you'll believe it. <laughs> well, it's I think it's more that like he's a big wing. He's big. He can handle. He can. He does have the ability to shoot it. He didn't shoot it well. I think Billy Donovan would say he didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Um, I don't know, man. I he he's he's gonna make a lot of money. 
Like, there's just no question in my mind that that guy's going to make a lot of money. And I think the answer on a max deal is yes. I think that somebody will give him that max next summer. I just, the way people talked about him last year and comparing him to D'Angelo Russell, when I went back to look at their stats, I was expecting like a 18 point per game score. Mm-hmm. And when I saw like 13, four and four, I was just like, what? And then he didn't shoot it that well from three. So uh, clearly it's a big year for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to stay healthy first and foremost, but he also needs to prove all these smart guys right. He needs to turn into a max player. And staying healthy is going to be, that's the biggest question mark about him, is that he wasn't healthy in college. He hasn't been healthy so far in his NBA career. Uh, that's That was the reason why he was drafted as late as he was, is that because of his health. And so that's right. it's kind of a dangerous contract for the Nets, in a way, because you're when you bring in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, your goal is to win titles. And if the guy who you think is your third best player is maxed out and then is injured, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> you know, like you need you need that guy to be good. You need your third guy to be good. Yeah, and that th- and yeah, it's just going to be interesting watching him figure out his role this year because then it's going to change dramatically the next year. I mean, mm-hmm. early last season he was kind of being propped up as like this is the guy from the Nets you might consider for the All Star game. Mm-hmm. And so he was obviously their lead guy. Clearly, he's not going to be that lead guy this year with Kyrie. And then next year, he'd take even another step back. So his, it's just going to be a weird career for him because his role is going to get smaller. And obviously, he's, his contract is going to go up significantly. Yeah. And so maybe that's better for him to be in a, in a smaller role like that. But man, I'm just we'll, – we'll see. We'll see how much money he makes. So okay, my- so pre All Star break, he averaged 16 points per game, four uh, okay. four rebounds, okay. four assists. So that was where that came from. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'm convinced he's a max player. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my trivia question for you: Five players, and you can once you bring up the Nets roster on your screen. Can you do that? Yeah. Okay. And in, in while you're doing that, my bonus trivia question is, what is Karis LeVert's nickname on Basketball Reference? Do you know this off the top of your head? I actually do. Baby Durant. It's Baby Durant. Isn't that weird? I, actually, I was looking at this earlier, so that's, so we're gonna, that's we're, why we're I We're going to have Baby Durant and Adult Durant on the <laughs> same team, which is really exciting. That would have been like having Eric Bledsoe. Uh, baby, Le- mini LeBron, yeah, and real and full size LeBron on the same team. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Which almost happened like a hundred times. It felt like that is true. Yeah. Uh, just some notes while you're while you're bringing that up. They lost six of their top ten in minutes played last season. Okay, There's I've got it. I've got it pulled up. Okay, now don't look at the stats. Don't cheat. Five I don't have players, stats. Yeah. Five players on the current Nets roster took at least five threes per game last year. Okay. Of those, Joe Harris was the best at 47.4%. Wow. Kyrie was second at 40.1%. Who of those other names do you think would have had the third best shooting percentage from three? Who would you oh, pick out? It's going to be third best shooter. It's got to be somebody weird. <laughs> Is it Torian Prince? It is Torian Prince who yes. shot 39% on 5.7 attempts per game. Which, again, he's one of these guys, 
I don't watch a lot. I'm not watching a lot of Hawks games. <laughs> but you would think that a yeah. big wing who shoots 39% on 5.7 attempts per game wouldn't just be given away. By I know. I know. At the time, I was like, that's the kind of deal the Thunder would want for pick 21. Right? Right. Yeah. So, I just, I, I liked Tarring Prince based solely off of that stat alone. Well, and also, and, if you're the Hawks and you're a rebuilding team, there must be something up with Torian Prince that we don't know about because we're not be. watching him. Because why would you not want a wing that shoots 39% on your team with Trey Young? Like, why would you not want that? There must be something up with this guy where he's not as good as what people think, right? Something fishy's going on, Andrew. That's weird. All right. Did you want to go over under on the Brooklyn Nets? I'll go over. Over, okay. I think any team with talent in the East, you have to go over. <laughs> that's, that's kind of my take. And even without Durant, you know, Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, Bakaris Levert, Jared Allen, uh, Crooks, like those are those guys are good. Like those guys are good enough to get you over. That's my that's my pick. Uh, you know where you should go this weekend, Alex, if you lived in Oklahoma City. Where is that? Blue Garden. Blue Garden is one of the coolest places in Oklahoma City. Uh, It's an outside food truck park. And it's got pretty much every good food truck Oklahoma City has to offer will be parked there. Uh, They've got a great bar there. They've got great drinks. They've got tons of tables, tons of seating areas for you just to go hang out. They're going to have fire pits at night. You got the OKC skyline in the background. It's just one of the coolest places to hang out. And you should go there this weekend. You can go to their website. It's bluegarden.com. That's spelled B-L-E-U-G-A-R-T-E-N.com. For more information, if you haven't been, if you live in Oklahoma City and you haven't been, you're really missing out because it's one of the coolest places. Uh, We're also brought to you by the Banquet Cinema Pub. Alex, have you been to the Banquet Cinema Pub yet? Uh, I've not, I've not been home since it opened. Oh, okay. Well, you next time you're in town, you've got to go. Uh, not even to just see a movie because they do show movies. You can buy movie tickets, and you can go in there and you can eat like gourmet food while you're watching a movie, which is cool in itself. Uh, but you can also go just for dinner, or you can just go for brunch on Saturday and Sunday. They're open from 11 a.m. to four. Uh, and they have their um, they have their cinema rooms open. They have the main big dining area open, which is cool. It's it's really big. They've got games in there you can play. Um, it's just great, and their food is truly great. And I feel like it's one of kind of the hidden gems of Oklahoma City right now, uh, because I feel like there's still a lot of people that don't know about it. So if you haven't been, go and support the people that support Down to Dunk, and go check out the Banquet Cinema Pub. Um, okay, moving on to the seventh seed last year, the Orlando Magic, forty-two and forty. They're over/under for this upcoming season is forty-one and a half. So they basically just have to match what they did last year. Their key additions: Al Farouk Aminu and Chuma Okiki. Key losses: none. They kept all their guys. They're all they're running it back. <laughs> they're running back the A seed. Here they come. Um. I've for some reason the Magic have become a team that just bother me. Yeah, and I don't know why. I, actually, I do know why. 
<laughs> okay, so there was this article on The Athletic by a guy named Josh Robbins, who is their, one of their beat writers. Uh-huh. And this was what it said. It said, ESPN commentator Will Kane has suggested that the Magic should make that deal with Oklahoma City, with Oklahoma City Thunder, talking about Chris Paul. Okay? Mm-hmm. Local sportscaster Mike Tuck also wants Orlando to trade for Paul. Here is my concise answer. It is highly, highly unlikely that Orlando would make that trade. The primary reason? Markel Fultz is on the roster. And team officials think Fultz can become the franchise's long-term solution at point guard. Andrew, what are they talking about? There, listen, there are good reasons for the Magic to not trade for CP3. But Markel Fultz being on the roster is not one of them. Do you realize that the Magic have to decide by Halloween whether they want to pick up his fourth-year option, which would guarantee him $12.2 million next season? Wow. He has not played a game for the Magic yet. (laughs) And they'll have approximately two weeks of real live NBA games to decide whether they want to pay him $12 million for the following season. What are, they, yeah. what are they talking about? Listen, if you don't want Chris Paul, that's fine. But don't tell me it's because of Markel Fultz. <laughs> and this is coming from, if I were to point to anybody in my life that is a Markel Fultz <laughs> lover, it would be you. Yeah, well, things changed, Andrew. <laughs> All right. He does. He, he is a big Chick-fil-A guy. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't like what the Magic did this summer. I don't like, why did they wave and stretch Mozgov when they did? I don't know. Why did they so do he, that? Why did they sign Alfred Camino? Why did they do he, that? Moskov was in the final year of his his fabled 2016 contract. He was making $16 million. And they just stretched him just to avoid the tax. So now they have $5.5 million of dead money for the next three seasons. And that, that honestly is the reason why they're not trading for Chris Paul. Because you really need Moskov's contract in there. Right. To make it work. So that's the reason why it's not has nothing to do with Markel Fultz, whatever. Markel the Thunder would have taken him, taken Mozgov back in a trade with like Fultz or whatever else, like just whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's a valuable expiring contract. That that yeah, this team makes no sense. Like I don't understand them drafting the guys they did, and then like re-signing Terrence Ross, signing out for Aminu. I just. Those things don't make any sense to me. And it's those kind of moves that the Magic have continually done, no matter who uh, is making the deals, that have kept them where they are. You know? Yeah. Like, Aminu is going to play over a guy like Jonathan Isaac, but you're going to stunt his growth. And they have stunted the growth of so many players. Like, Victor Oladipo, like, still, he should still be on the Magic. You know, if they were a smart team, they would have just kept Oladipo. They wouldn't have tried to get guys in there that can play, you know, over him or veterans that are older that would at least believe that they need to play more than him. I mean, this is just it's just history repeating itself with these guys. I mean, it's just it's just a it's a disaster. It it really is weird. And a few things about them why I am going to go with the under. Because remember, to hit the over, they just have to win as many games as they won last year, Andrew. Mm. And if you look at their last last season, so they were 20 and 31 in their first 51 games. Mm-hmm. Negative 3.6 net rating. They were 22 and 9 in their final 31 games, plus 7.6 net rating. They're actually the third best net rating over that period of time. But the thing that got me, so two years, actually last year when we were doing this exact same pod, I was talking to you about how much time their top five players missed. Yeah. And one of the reasons I picked the over, I was like, they're going to get 
better luck like because it was so ridiculous how much time their top five guys missed yeah and they did their top five players last year fournier dj rostein terrence ross vucevic and gordon so that's their top five guys they missed a combined nine games last season wow so now I'm going the other way. <laughs> now they're going to get hurt again. <laughs> and that's why I'm you – know, that's one of the reasons why I'm taking the under. I also just like – I don't believe in this team. Like it was really just this magical run – magical – at the end yeah. of the season where they were 22-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. I'm just not convinced that this team is going to be that much better than they were last season, which means they're going to be hovering right around that over-under. Yeah, and how old is DJ Augustine? He's 31. 40. Do we? Oh, 31. I just don't. I just don't believe this. DJ Augustine as your starting point guard thing can can be something that keeps you in the playoff hunt. It's, I, they would be so much better with Chris Paul. They would be a legit. I would pick them for like the five seed, maybe. I just. What else are they doing? Like it's. They are one of these teams where it's like they locked their guys up. Yeah. You know, like you're you're with Vooch now for a few years. You got Aaron Gordon for a couple more years. Like, why not? Why would you not want? It? I mean, whatever. <laughs> I think Chris Paul would be awesome for them. I think the Magic would be legit good. What would a Magic trade look like? Now that- I don't know if you can do it anymore. I mean, you could, but I wouldn't probably do it from the Magic side because now you're having to give up someone like Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier just to get to the money. Yeah, they're not trading Aaron Gordon for. They're not trading. Aaron no, exactly. Gordon. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can do it anymore. Yeah. Actually, the primary reason is because they have Markel Fultz. <laughs> Who was it that said that again? Uh, the guy on the Athletic that writes for the Magic. Oh, okay. who's very he's very good. I read I read stuff. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, my crystal ball question for you. Who plays more minutes next season? Markel Fultz or Michael Carter-Williams? Oh, my goodness. It's Michael Carter-Williams, and it's not even a question. It's not even a question to me. (laughs) Um, Is there an NBA smart guy take for the Orlando Magic? Oh, man. Is there? uh, Have they done anything smart enough? I think it's just that, like, Jonathan Isaac still might have the highest ceiling in the draft or something like that. Yeah, or or just that Jonathan Isaac might have the highest upside on that team or like the highest ceiling even in, in considering Aaron Gordon and everyone else. Yeah, no, I think that might be it. You have any Mo um, Bamba takes? Uh, Mo Bamba takes. Well, apparently they don't like him. They don't like him? <laughs> I mean... They signed Vooch, which I get why you signed Vooch, but yeah. like they also re- brought back Kem Birch, who they were playing over him. Yeah. Kem Birch, so, 27 years old, and I've known about him for like four minutes. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I, I'm worried about Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba needs to breathe. <laughs> I feel like all their young guys need to breathe. They do. If I'm them, I would just try to move forward with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, and I would just draft like draft a guard, draft a guard. Please, please. Uh, also, Chuma, my guy Chuma Okiki. I like that guy. Another big guy. Yeah, another big guy. Another forward. Okay, I'm <laughs> they giving- need a guard so bad. They can't. They just can't keep this like Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross thing. Terrence Ross is 28. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know who might have fit with their timeline? Who? 
Chris Paul. Okay, my <laughs> trivia question is, and this is this should be an easy one for you. We all know what OKC got for Serge Ibaka. They got SGA, Gallo, a ton of picks. They got pick swaps. Yep. What did Orlando get for Serge Ibaka? Uh, they got Terrence Ross. Correct. And they got a pick, right? Yes. And do you know what that pick was? Um, I don't. I don't remember. It was the OKC top 20 protected pick this year. Oh, okay. Which means it probably won't convey, which means that it's going to convert to two seconds. So they got Terrence Ross and three second rounders for Serge Ibaka. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. It's very Orlando magic of them to make that happen. It is. Sheesh, man. That Their, their roster is just so gross. It's it just like the guy like Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Vucevic. Like those guys are good, but those are the guys that keep you not good for a long time. If you keep those guys around, you're just going to be all right. And this is where, like, I don't love tanking. I don't think that it's, I think it's kind of a necessary evil. And they, for whatever reason, it's probably an ownership issue. Like, they just refuse to be terrible. And it's the downfall of their franchise. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking back to those drafts. Um, Was there, was there ever, like, an obvious point guard that they, like, just passed up? Because, like, the year they took Mo Bamba, like Trey Young was taken right before. Right. So now you're looking at like Colin Sexton. SGA would have been considered like a pretty big reach for them. Yeah. Although it, w- he would, it would he have been, been a reach. Great. Oh, he would have been perfect for them. But yeah. yeah. Or you and trade then, back. Like you just, you trade back. If you want when they took Jonathan Isaac, I mean, I think, you know, De'Aaron Fox went right ahead of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's another one where they like just missed out on point guard. They could have taken like Frank... Milikina, which wouldn't have been great, no. or Dennis Smith. I mean, Donovan Mitchell went way later than that, so that really doesn't make a lot of sense. So they kind of got screwed where they were never in the perfect position to take whoever the best point guard was. Right. Yeah, and sometimes that's where you look at the draft, um, and it is kind of a crapshoot, you know? Like yeah, it, it can like the Magic have gotten screwed over the years with where they're picking in the draft and who they chose. Like Aaron Gordon, like that that's a ends up being like a good pick for them, and even his contract isn't that bad. Um, but yeah, you, it the draft is important, and being lucky in the draft is super important. Okay, our next team, the Detroit Pistons. 41 and 41, eighth in the Eastern Conference last year. They're over under. This year is 37.5. And Andrew, I'm telling you right now, I'm taking the over. Okay, okay. I'm a Pistons guy this year. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay, their key additions, Derek Rose, Markeith Morris, Tim Frazier, Tony Snell, uh, Siko Dimbuya, and I put Tim Frazier twice. Their key losses, Wayne Ellington, Ish Smith, and Glenn Robinson the third. I... Don't know why I like the Pistons so much. <laughs> I don't either. I'm I'm a little confused. Okay, well, Blake is really good. I mean, we'll say that. Oh, oh, listen to this. That's my NBA smart guy take. Oh, is that Blake Griffin is underrated because I've been hearing a lot from smart guys this summer, and these are the same smart guys who told me how smart the Clippers were to get rid of him. 
But now they're all talking about, oh, Blake Griffin's so great. Why don't we talk about Blake Griffin? He was great last year. He had career high in points last season. He played 75 games. He shot 36% from three on seven attempts. He averaged over five assists. Yeah, if you you got to get on back on the Blake Griffin bandwagon <laughs> if, if you ever left. I like him. He was awesome. That game in Oklahoma City, he was really awesome. And he was hitting pretty much any shot that he took. Uh, That's I think true. he had 40-something points in that game. He's super good. And the concern with him still is, you know, how long is he going to be this good? And is it going to be through the life of the contract that he has? And some most people doubt that. Uh, but yeah, he's awesome. And in the Eastern Conference, it doesn't take a whole lot to be awesome, to be an awesome team. If you have one really good player, you're likely a team that's in the playoff hunt. And so I understand, I understand the love for, uh, the Pistons from that stance. Um, but otherwise you don't get it. Otherwise, I don't, I don't know, man. Like how good is Andre Drummond is a question I have. Hmm. I mean, he's good enough. He doesn't. I mean, I don't. I don't think he needs to be like an all star. What does he I, get I, on his next contract? Ooh, wow, um, man! I actually, I bet he still makes like fifteen per year. Yeah. Oh, I think he'll get more than that. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think he'll get a lot more than that. He's what, like an elite rebounding center. Let me explain to you why one of the reasons why I'm high on the Pistons. It goes into my trivia question. Okay, I'm going to give you a list of guards, and I want you to tell me what they all have in common. All right, this is a tough one. Okay. Damian Lillard, D'Angelo Russell, Mike Conley, Chris Paul, Kemba Walker, James Harden, and Bradley Beal. What could all of those guards have in common, Andrew? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. They're all NBA point cards. They all shot a worse percentage from three last season than Reggie Jackson. Oh, really? <laughs> Reggie Jackson <laughs> shot 36.9% from three last season on 5.7 attempts per game. He had never sh- attempted more than 4.23 per game before last season. Reggie changed, bud, and you got to you got to get caught up on it. Apparently he's good now. I was looking over his his season last year and I'm predicting a big contract year, Reggie Jackson. Oh. <laughs> dude, I'm just out on that. <laughs> I'd My be crystal- I'd be more in on any Derrick Rose takes that you have. Hey, listen, I know this isn't going to sound good to the average OKC Thunder fan. They're listening to this saying, "Why are you high on Reggie Jackson all of a sudden?" Listen, I'm just telling you what I'm feeling, okay? I'm feeling a big season coming up <laughs> for Reggie Jackson. Now, my crystal ball question, Andrew, Reggie is going into the final year of his contract. Mm-hmm. How much money per year will he make on his next contract? Oh, shoot. He'll be going I, into year 30. I don't know. Yeah? Like, he could get a 448 deal, right? Probably, I guess. I don't honestly know who who would take him until he has this huge career year he's about to have. Right. <laughs> but as it is right now, I don't know like who's going crazy for Reggie Jackson. I don't Cause know. Cause he definitely would be picked or he'd definitely be signed as a backup. I would think. Unless he's signed by the Orlando magic. 
Ugh, they deserve him. They totally deserve him after just yeah. disrespecting the point guard position for this many years. They, they might the league might actually sanction Reggie Jackson as their point guard. Yes, go ahead and sign Reggie Jackson through his thirty-four year old season. <laughs> Losers. Oh man, that's the natural progression, DJ Augustine to Reggie Jackson. So it sounds from your the tone of your voice, you're going under with the Detroit Pistons. What's the what's the number again? So the number is only thirty seven and a half. Oh, I'm going over that. I mean, okay. the, you have I think you have Blake and you have Andre Drummond and like Derrick Rose was good last year. Man, you get like to the point where you're like, man, like who else is an NBA player? <laughs> like you get there pretty fast because like Blake, Drummond, Reggie Jackson, Derrick Rose, Tony uh, Snell is Tony next. Snell. Luke Kennard. Who I really yes. liked in the draft. Luke Kennard was good last year. Um, like Markeith Morris is on this team, who we've all experienced that together as to how bad he is right now, and maybe yeah, he'll be better for them. My excitement for him. I know like, he'd be a guy that I would say for sure he's an NBA player, but I think he is. But he was not good at all for the Thunder. Just not at all. I think Tim Frazier was an NBA smart guy like four years ago. Yeah. Sekou Dimboya. Sekou Dimboya. It's a fun name to say, but he's 18, and I think he's a, he's a ways away. Oh, you know who the NBA smart guy on this team is? Who? Christian Wood. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know how many times. on their team? He's on the – maybe he's not. He may be. Uh, I have who no is idea. that? Is I don't it, know, but all- – yeah, he's he's a big guy. He's one of those guys that people would say, "Man, I would have rather taken a swing on Christian Wood than giving so and so the mid-level yes. exception." Oh, I remember he was drafted by the Nets, wasn't he? I think I honestly, I have no idea. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. I would be an NBA smart guy if I knew ex- like the draft history of Christian Wood. Oh man, let me see if I got this right. Wait, Christian Wood was. It says here that wow, he's been playing since 2015. He's been he's bouncing around, man. He's somebody just needs to give him a real chance. Oh well, apparently he signed a multi-year contract with the Sixers back in 2015. That's oh, so long ago. Yeah, that's uh, that's the process. He's part of the process. Wow. Okay. Oh, um, you know who another NBA smart guy is? Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown. My NBA smart guy take for Bruce Brown is I can't believe Bruce Brown played summer league. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one. <laughs> you would sound really smart if you said that. <laughs> uh, okay, you ready to move on to a team that we didn't even discuss last year? We passed over them. Yeah. The number nine seed, the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, boy. 39 and 43. Ninth and they're over under 23 wins. Their key additions Terry Rozier, PJ Washington. Their key losses Kemba Walker, Jeremy Lamb, Frank Kaminsky. This is a team. <laughs> Dude, we passed over them last year. We passed over them last year. When they had Kemba Walker on their team, we thought they were boring and uninteresting. But this I mean, year, we pro- there's probably less reason to talk about them, but we're actually going to give them the time of day this year. Who is the most interesting player on the team? 
Okay, so my crystal ball question for you, Andrew. You can only take one Hornets young guy for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Who do you take? Your options, you got Malik Monk, you got Miles Bridges, uh, the newly drafted P.J. Washington. Oh, gosh. I guess I'd take Miles Bridges. I almost feel like I'd take P.J. Washington just because he's <laughs> the youngest. You know nothing about him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he projects to be like a modern NBA player. I just haven't seen him play. I just don't know if he can play. I think he'll be right. I think he'll be fine. But at least like Miles Bridges is at least athletic and can play a couple different positions. So, that's at least something we know about him. Malik Monk, I mean, dude, he was supposed to be awesome. He was supposed to be at least like a Lou Williams type of guy. And he's still young, so I mean, we can't just write him off. But Man, this it's just such a sad roster. It's just so sad. There's just there's just not a lot to look forward to. Do you think uh, Terry Rozier will shoot uh, higher or lower than forty percent from the field? Lower. <laughs> Isn't that bad? It's bad. His, his field goal percentage for his first four years. 27.4%, He's never shot over 40% from the field in oh, the NBA. My goodness. That's their starting point guard and likely go-to score. Making 20 million a year. How, why did they do that? They don't you don't have to just because you lose Kemba doesn't mean you have to do that. And they hard cap themselves by doing it. <laughs> they hard cap themselves. Why? Why is this happening? I mean, that is, it's just got to be the saddest fan base. Is there a, a fan base that's more sad than that one? No, I think right now they have taken the crown because they were already irrelevant. Yeah. And, and this summer, somehow they went to new depths of irrelevancy because they don't really, like we just talked about, they don't really have a young guy that you're super excited about. Some of these guys may turn out to be good, but they don't have a blue chip prospect. No, no, they don't. They need to be really bad for a while, and that's and that's where you look at like where the thun, what the Thunder have gotten, and some people like if you're not smart, you don't care about the draft picks. But if you do understand it, like if the Hornets just had the Thunder's draft looking forward, you'd be like, okay, the Hornets are in pretty good shape, like they're going to be fine. But right now, they only have their own picks. You know, like they don't have yeah. a lot moving forward. And you have to wait just a year-by-year year build. And if you miss, man, you're in trouble. Like the Thunder, you don't want the Thunder to miss, but it's like similar to what the Sixers went through with the process. Is like they, they missed a lot, actually, when you go back and look at the, what the Sixers did. They missed a ton. Uh, but they just hit, they hit twice, and that was enough to get you where you need to go. Uh, the Hornets, if you miss twice... You're heading for like another like five to seven years of just being completely irrelevant. I mean, you just yeah. can't, you cannot miss with the the guys at the top of the draft. And that's like they got PJ Washington, like cool, like he's like his ceiling's like a role player type of guy. So it's crazy. Yeah, next season. So I'm talking about not this upcoming season, but the season after that. There's going to be paying. I'm doing the math in my head right now. Somewhere around $65 million to Cody Zeller, Nick Batum, and Terry Rozier. Oh, my goodness. 
Nick, they, which is a cool they've thing. got Nick Batum's got to be expiring next season, right? Yeah, well, he has a twenty-seven million dollar player option. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, I tried to come up with an NBA smart guy take, and I was stumped. <laughs> I was looking at this roster. I said, no smart guy would ever even look at this team. <laughs> uh, is it like Cody Zeller's in for a comeback year? What? Is that what it is? Like, I don't know. Gross. I don't That's know, a gross man. guy take. Uh, I do know that uh, Royce Young picked Cody Zeller for the all-defensive second team a couple of years ago. <laughs> Okay, well then maybe that's Royce's uh, smart guy take about the Hornets then. I think it is. He's really high on Cody Zeller. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're like the Stepien was really high on PJ Washington. Like they had him much higher mm-hmm. than than the consensus. So maybe that's a smart guy take. But I don't even feel like there's a lot of buzz about like Miles Bridges or Malik Monk. So who averages the most points per game on this team? Uh, uh, Rogier. I, okay. I don't know who else it could be. Who's number two? Okay, so it's not Batum. He averaged less than 10 points per game last season. Can you believe that? Remember what it's, we thought about Nick Batum back yeah. in the day? He was great. He had some great Blazers years. Yeah. Um, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, probably not. No. Marvin Williams, no. <laughs> Dude, I mean, for real. Is it Cody Zeller? I mean, Did that's, Cody a, do it? that's a question you said out loud. Uh, let me, has he ever scored like 13 points a game? I think that's all he'd have to get to. Is it Dwayne Bacon? It could be Dwayne. Like he's another. Let's, let's see he's another guy that will probably play for them a lot and probably shoot it a lot and probably shoot less than 40%. Oh, no, Cody Zeller has only hit 10 points twice. In his, <laughs> and I'm talking literal 10 points. He has not scored more than 10 points. Okay. Is it Miles Bridges? Like, is Miles Bridges, or are they just going to be like, okay, we're going to give him 15 shots a game just to see what happens? Is it Malik Monk? Uh, I mean, it it should be Malik Monk for their sake. I mean, that would be a good thing if it was Malik Monk. Yeah. But, man, that backcourt, Rogier and Malik Monk. Ew. Dude. That it's the most hopeless situation in the NBA. Okay, and so then when looking at their over under is twenty three. There were four teams last year that finished with less than twenty three wins, and the Hornets this year have the lowest over under mm-hmm. of all the teams. So I don't know how you couldn't pick the under. I gotta pick. Yeah, the under. you gotta take the under. I mean, they like, how I just can't not imagine them winning. You know, thirty games. You just cannot imagine it. Like, you could just, have, you could have just stopped after winning. <laughs> I cannot imagine cannot them winning. Imagine them winning. I mean, for real. You look at every other team. Like, how does this team win games? Like, what do they? What does this team do to win games? Because last year it was Kimba Walker made the All NBA team, and that's how they won games, right? Yeah. How does yeah. this team win games? You replace him with Terry Rozier, who, like you said has not shot above 40% in his entire career. How do they win games? They may I mean they may just based on talent alone win like 12 games. Yeah. Like that could actually happen. Where they're going to go on like 20 game losing streaks. Because you look at the rest of the league, you know, like who are they who are they going to they're going to beat some teams and it's going to be really embarrassing. 
But who are they going to beat? Like the Hawks, Celtics, Nets. Maybe they could beat the Bulls, but the Bulls are a lot better. The Cavaliers are a candidate. Like who else is just so bad that you're like, yeah, I could see them beating that team. The Knicks, maybe. I mean, like the Suns have a lot more talent than them. The Kings aren't a joke anymore. Washington is a team that maybe you'd look at, but they're they're kind of like the the Hornets of last year where they have Bradley Beal. Yeah. Like they're just there's just no question in my mind they're the worst team in the NBA. It's bad. And it's not really close. It's not close. As far as like situation goes, it's just not close. Um so I have a trivia, but it's kind of like the Gordon Hayward trivia. Okay. I, so we might end the pod on this. Okay. Um, the question is, how did Bismack Biombo end up on the Hornets? Okay. And the reason why I want to walk through this is because it hits on one of my favorite NBA trades of all time, of all time. So it begins back in 2010, the New Orleans Hornets traded a conditional 2011 first round pick to the Blazers for Jared Bayless. Remember him? Remember we wanted him? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that was the guy we wanted over Westbrook. I remember. Yeah. So he would go on to play 11 games for New Orleans and be traded the next year for Jarrett Jack. Okay? Okay. That pick that went to the Blazers, they traded it to the Bobcats for Gerald Wallace, mm-hmm. who would become a key piece in the trade that eventually led to Damian Lillard. So now the Bobcats are heading into the 2011 draft. They have their own pick, number nine, which they used on Kemba Walker, and they have the number 19 pick. And that's the pick we've been talking about. Now that number 19 pick would become part of one of my favorite NBA trades of all time and is one of my favorites because of how disgusting it was. Just the nastiest teams, the grossest (laughs) players, just an all-around filthy trade. It was a three-teamer with the Bucks, the Bobcats, and the Kings. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to go through all the details, but the basics are this. The Bobcats drafted the the 19th pick, which was Tobias Harris, and they traded him along with Steven Jackson and Sean Livingston to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks sent Corey Maggette to the Bobcats. This is already a great trade. You got Steven Jackson and Corey Maggette. (laughs) The Bobcats move up to the seventh pick and selected Bismack Biombo. Yeah. But the seventh pick was originally the Kings pick. And so you're thinking, oh, well, what did the Kings get in return for that prized seventh pick? This was a draft featuring Kemba, Clay, and Kawhi. Well, the Kings got the number 10 pick. And you might be thinking, well, 10 is greater than seven, so maybe that's a good thing. No, it's actually worse. <laughs> so they moved back. So they moved back three spots, and they took Jimmer, okay? Yep. Oh, yeah. So they must have gotten something else, though. To voluntarily move down three spots. Well, they also got John Salmons, <laughs> who was 32 years old at the time and was entering the second year of a four-year, $32 million deal. This was thought to be a bad contract at the time, but the Kings GM, Jeff Petrie, reminded Kings fans that Salmons was once the best player on the Kings. Oh, and he was referring gosh. to the 2008-2009 season when the Kings won 17 games. Dude. That John Salmons. It it was a fact that he was presenting. It was a fact. <laughs> it was technically true. That it's that tr- I mean the Gordon Hayward trade was crazy. Yeah. It's probably more crazy. I mean, but this to move back in a draft. It takes so much to move back in a draft now. Yeah. 
Like even uh, I was looking at the the Hornets when they took uh, Miles Bridges and the Clippers moved up one spot because they wanted SGA. Mm -hmm. And just for that, they got two second round picks. Mm -hmm. And the Kings moved down three spots and for their troubles get to pay 32 year old John Salmon (laughs) through his 35 year old season. And they could have had Clay Thompson and they could have had Kawhi Leonard at that spot. Any of those guys. And there was, I remember Chad Ford talking about how the Kings were thinking about taking Kawhi Leonard at that spot. Really? And they took Jimmer. Oh, man. Did you, did you see my tweet yesterday about Clay Thompson? And, uh, no. <laughs> I was just looking at old draft analysis because it's hilarious to go back and like, you just Google like 2011 draft day grades. And I went to like the CBS Sports had one where they had like the biggest losers of the 2011 draft, and it was the Warriors. It was like, look, the Warriors already have enough guards. Why would they take Clay Thompson? Like, this is just a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Which just shows like no one knows anything at the draft. And so it's true. <laughs> it's just, and that, you know what? That's actually a good lead into the final segment. This is a brand new segment, Andrew. Okay. Really quick. This segment's called uh, Listen to Alex Read Off the Roster from the 2012-2013 Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> One of my favorite teams of all time. And why it's relevant is because maybe the Warriors did have too many guards, but then they traded Monte Ellis yep. for Andrew Bogut, mm-hmm. creating the greatest team of all time in Milwaukee. So I bet we have some young listeners out there who don't even remember this Bucks team, but this Bucks team... Like I legitimately watched a majority of their games that season. It was after college. I would just come home and watch Bucks games. What year I was love, this? This was 2012, 2013. This is the Bucks and yeah. Six team. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks and Six. If you don't know, that's when Brandon Jennings said that the Bucks were going to win in six over the defending champion Miami Heat in the playoffs, and they were swept. <laughs> but listen to these names. Listen how fun this team was. First off, Gustavo Ion. Oh yeah, that's Samuel Dallembert. Marquise Daniels, great okay. hair. Yeah. Mike Dunleavy, Monte Ellis, Drew Gooden with the back patch. Oh, yeah. Tobias Harris, young Tobias Harris, young John Henson, Irsan Ilyasova. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is great. Brandon Jennings, Luke Umbahamute, Joel Prisbilla, oh, God. JJ Reddick, Larry Sanders. And then they had uh, oh Epe Udo before he left and came back. Yep. And then Beno Udra. I mean, these are that's a great team. <laughs> they go like fifteen deep. I remember um, a guy I worked with. We'd play two K together, and he would be that Bucks team, and he yeah, would kill you- me no matter who I was. <laughs> he would exactly. destroy me with Monte Ellis and Brandon Jennings every time. I mean, they were so deep you could run like three hockey substitutions. <laughs> Five yeah. on five on five on five on. I mean, you got Joel Prisbilla. I mean, yeah, crazy. Yeah, but that was crazy because they actually traded Tobias Harris for a half season of JJ Redick because they wanted to like make the playoffs so bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but man, I just I looking up that trade, it reminded me of that team and just how much I loved them. It was a fun team. It was. You you favor that team over the current Bucks? Um. Yes, I don't care about this version of the Bucks. They're, they're, they're no fun. Imagine that Bucks team. Imagine all those guys I just listed. And this is Larry Sanders at his like absolute peak. Oh yeah, Larry Sanders was like a, an urban legend. He was so cool. 
Because he, he kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> yep. Um, and he was team, actually good for like a hot minute. He was. He was legitimately. I mean, he got a big contract based on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That team would have been uh, the darlings of Twitter, or everyone would have just hated them because they definitely don't fit into like smart guy takes. Oh man, they're they're like the anti Mori Ball team. Yeah, they really are. Um, all right. So next week we'll start with the 11th seed, the Miami Heat. We'll wrap up the Eastern Conference. Oh yeah, actually, that's kind of an interesting team. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. Follow Alex if you don't on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you're a new subscriber, welcome. We're really glad to have you. We have shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday of every single week, even through the off-season. So we appreciate you guys uh, listening. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you go click the subscribe button on whatever podcast app that you have. Uh, and leave us a review. It, I look at every single one. They mean a lot to us. It takes just a few minutes of your time to do that, so please do that. Be sure you go to bethematch.org. Register. It takes literally very It takes very little effort on your part to do this, and you can actually save somebody's life. You go register online. They're going to send you a swab packet. You'll swab both of your cheeks. You'll put it back in the envelope. You don't even have to pay for a stamp. You just put it back in your mailbox, and boom, you have the chance to save somebody's life. So my friend um, next door, his little girl Ava, is being saved currently through bethematch.org. So keep her in your thoughts um, and your prayers, please. She's uh, an amazing girl that is really kind of is fighting for her life right now. So um, please keep her in mind, and please go to bethematch.org to help save somebody's life. Have a good day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.